again, this is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness Podcast. And on today's show, I have members of our sales team with us today. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Great. Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Thank you for having us. No problem. I know I've been trying to get you guys on the podcast for a while just to really uh, let individuals know what you guys do and how important your role is to Bob Enterprises and our mission of employing individuals who are blind or visually impaired. And I'm going to start with uh, you, Brent. Could you uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us your role here at Bob and what areas you cover? Um, yes. Um, again, my name is Brent Blackwell. I've been with Bosman now. Um, and October will be five years. Um, I currently cover uh, east. Uh, I go from Ohio uh, in the east and to the west. I go to uh, Fort Meade in South Dakota. Uh, I go to Poplar Bluff in Missouri and then uh, Fargo, North Dakota. So all in all, 13 states, uh, roughly 37, 38 VAs. That was wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. All right, let's start with uh, next is Judy. Yeah, hi. My name is Judy Bailey, and I'm um, the Northeast Account Manager for Bosma, and I cover um, what most people refer to as uh, the New England area. So I cover uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York, with the exception of um, the New York City, which is Tanya's and uh, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. And those are my areas. All right, Tammy. Hi, I'm Tammy Garner. I cover Region 4 from Montana to Texas and Utah to Mississippi. Um, I have been with Bosma for about eight years. All right. All right. Uh, Chris? Yes, this is Chris Dawson. I've been with, in October, it will be two years for me at Bosma. I cover the West Coast territory, so about seven states from Arizona, New Mexico, Idaho, Utah, Washington, Oregon, and California, along with some in the Kansas City, Midwest metro area, Wichita, Topeka, Leavenworth. Columbia, Missouri, and Kansas City. All right, and uh, Tanya. Hi, I'm Tanya Saprisa, and I have been with Bosma close to 12 years. I believe August is my anniversary. Um, at one time, I had the entire country, but we have grown, and I now share the Northeast with Judy, and um, I cover the New York Harbor, New Jersey, Virginia, North Carolina, West Virginia, Maryland, D.C., and parts of Kentucky. Wow, you guys! Uh, I would say this guy, you guys got a lot of frequent flyer miles uh, on your uh, cars. I believe <laughs> <laughs> you guys are always traveling. I need that West Coast uh, location. I think Chris got that. <laughs> Come on, man! We get you on a companion pass, and we can uh, make a way, make our way out. Hey, we we gotta make it work. I gotta I gotta get the get the load out. See what you guys do. But that's great. That's great work. So. Uh, uh, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to talk to you guys really about the recent state of sales right now and with everything going on with this uh, COVID-19. Um, how is that, um, I guess, a pack impacting you guys with um, selling the products that we do sell here at Boston Enterprises? I'm going to throw this to you, Tanja. Okay. 
Um, well, I can tell you that we are not traveling right now. We are homebound, like most people. We're working from home, and we're reaching out to our facilities via phone and emails. Um, our sales, um, it, it's kind of a catch-22. Uh, we are only allowed to sell par levels for the last 12 months to prime vendors and VAs of a hit with history. But the good, good part about that is we're able to maintain and service everybody as long as we stick to that. The the catch twenty two is we really can't sell um, above that because we would be taking from other other hospitals. So um, it's challenging sometimes, but at the end of the day, I think the VA is appreciating us for how we're operating and keeping the, keeping the flow going of what we offer the VA. Okay, all right, and I'm, um, Tammy, do you feel the same way on that as well? I think Tanya pretty covered it pretty well. Um, we're still selling. We're still working with hospitals, just in a little bit of a different environment. Okay, so for those um, that may be just tuning in, um, Bob Enterprise, we sell. Our primary customer is the Department of Veterans Administration, so we're selling a lot of gloves to the uh, VA, which is our biggest um, customer right here. Um, so, uh, do you see guys? Do you see an increase right now in uh, orders um, due to the current pandemic? And I'm going to see you, Brent. What I what I've noticed is that uh, glove sales for the last uh, month did go up um, uh, su substantially, and uh, but on the flip side, uh, in, in my accounts, what I noticed was. Uh, some of the ancillary products are like the, the disposable linens, uh, uh, more or exactly, uh, more importantly, the uh, the OR linens that we sell. Um, uh, those have those orders have been pretty much shut down for like over the last six weeks. You know, um, due to the, the the impact of the of the pandemic. You know, most of the ORs are are only operating on uh, an emergency capacity. So um, you know, we're seeing glove sales. I'm seeing some glove sales going up, but I'm also seeing the other products uh, sales trend down. So, you know, so do you guys know like what, which gloves are, I guess, a high commodity right now? Which gloves are selling the most? Which ones are we moving the most of right now? All exams. All exams. All of them. Surgical gloves has probably taken a drop because they're not doing surgeries. Like like Brent said, where they're doing less with the with the linen and less with the surgical gloves. But our exam gloves have just shot the moon since March. If you saw March report, um, yeah, some accounts look like look like they doubled and tripled actually. They did. They did. It was a, it was substantial growth. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, same yeah. same for me as well. Yeah, and so um, you know you know you got a lot of. No, you know, you got to take into account too. A lot of these, um, um, a lot of a lot of our larger VAs are purchasing for a lot of the um, outbase uh, uh, pharmacies or CMOCs, whatever they call them. And uh, oh, yeah. the demand, yeah, the demand has 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 went through the roof. So um, it's it's just one of those things that I think that most of our everybody on this team has just been reiterating the fact that. You know, hey, look, you know, we're we're under allocations, and um, 
and and just communicating to them that they need to talk to the right persons about trying to get gloves, getting the whether it be us or through the prime vendors and and trying to get them what they need. So it's a little bit frustrating too because you know we can only help so much. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of orders, um, you know, from other people. So which is, uh, you know, could be a good and a bad thing. Uh, but once again, it goes towards our mission of creating a, these opportunities for people who are blind or visually impaired. So um, that's a great, um, great aspect on that end right there. Um, so, so people that don't know, I know they know we do gloves and we do a lot of gloves there by the enterprises by the half billion last year alone. So we do a lot of gloves. <laughs> but what other products do we sell to the VA? And I'm going to throw this to you, uh, Tammy. We also offer OR turnover kits, and we have a lot of VAs that use those. We um, also have patient transport packs, which are gurney kits. Uh, we have shelter-in-place kits, hygiene kits, uh, endoscopy kits. Um, we have an arm brace. Uh, help me out, guys. What else do we have? Hey, uh, yeah, we got a lot. Ambulance packs, a lot of disposable. A lot of, yeah, a lot of disposable kits. Yeah, created so how, by our customers, the VA. A lot of our kits were put together because they asked us to do that for them, and we we have been fortunate to be able to do that. And I can say, when I first started years ago, disposable linen was not something that the VA was at all interested in. I've seen so much growth in in disposable linens um, developed with our customer and the growth of our team and the growth of Bosma because of those product lines. Definitely. Yeah. And I noticed uh, with the disposable kits, we do a lot of uh, disposable kits, like you said, for the VA. And one thing about our kits, we do customize those kits to meet that customer's needs. So I believe that's a great selling point right there alone. Uh, so what? which one is our biggest selling kit right now? And this goes to anyone who's asking. I'm going to say Accelerate uh, OR. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Accelerate OR, definitely. Okay. And what does that do for those who do not know? It covers the OR table. And then it has uh, it has a medical portion which covers the OR table. Um when they're doing we, that, they put the surgery, the patients on. I'm sorry, to do surgeries, and then it has mm -hmm. the arm covers and the headboard covers. So that's all the medical portion, and it has the um, the EMS portion, which has um, all of the uh, disposable uh, trash uh, bags that they would need inside of the OR, including um, biohazard bags, and then also. Um, mops that they would need to clean up when they do an OR turnover. So everything basically is disposable. Once they're done with a surgery case, they basically can just toss everything in the trash. So it eliminates them having to use um, the reusable sheets um, on the OR table. So one of the things we talk about is reducing cross-contamination um, and then also reducing turnover time. So um, there's a health benefit to, uh, to the patients and the healthcare workers in addition to speeding up their turnover time um, to get from one case to the next. So there are a lot of benefits that it offers to the customer. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how um, this pandemic changes 
some uh, some some ideas or some thoughts within some of these hospitals because you know not all hospitals believe in the disposable Linux Greg. So you know it right. it, it, it is a challenge uh, to sell and implement these products within the VA. So now with this pandemic going on, I, I think that now I think for me uh, the one thing that I think about is you know what people are going to want is some sort of barriers in place. You know, whether it be masks, face shields, whatever the case may be, gloves, it's going to be interesting to see would they be interested in, in adding an additional buffer or another barrier to some of these patient access or some of these clinics. So right. hopefully our business, hopefully our business will, will expand. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, now, I really want to know how, why... And I know because sales is a very uh, unique skill set that you have to have in order to, you know, sell different products. So why did you guys, you know, choose the field of um, sales? And I'm going to throw this to you, Judy, first. Um, there are a number of reasons. I've, I've had um, experience through family members um, doing things like selling, which my parents did when I was young. Um, my father um was in real estate. Uh, I've been around it. When I was in college, I, I had a part-time job selling Florida land. And when uh, I went through my career after college, I didn't start out in sales. Um, I ended up in sales trying to find something that would um, be uh, amicable to my life, my family lifestyle, because family was important to me. I have four children. And um, then also, it, it gave me the opportunity to be able to influence um, my income to a degree. And then um, it offered a diverse, uh, I guess, kind of work day, um, different people all the time, different situations, different scenarios. Um, and then there was the challenge of um, making the sale, which I enjoy. <laughs> Hard as it is, I enjoy it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Chris? Well, I thanks for throwing me this question. I appreciate it. For me, the salesperson is typically somebody who's a, a lot more outgoing and extroverted. That's not always the case, but it, it is a personality fit for people to be in sales because you have to work with a wide variety of people. And the biggest part about selling is building a relationship and rapport. Typically, and by and large, most people purchase from who they like because there are a lot of people out here selling whatever widget that is out there. But if you like a person, you'll tend to go back to that person um, over and over. So that is our job to go out and be personable, knowledgeable, and build those relationships for long-term success because we don't want to sell a widget once. I don't want to sell one box of gloves. To your point, I think you said that the number was last year, half a billion gloves were sold. Well, if we don't have salespeople that are, that are good at, their, at the craft, then we're not going to get up to that number and we're only going to sell one box. And it's a lot easier to have a second, third complimentary sale than to go out and find a brand new person to sell to every time. The cost of acquisition of gaining a new customer is expensive, particularly how the how our sales team has to travel, whether it's by car for three, four, five states nearby, like Brent does, or somebody like me who travels out of my 35, 36 hospitals, I can only drive to about four of them. So 
So everything's on the West Coast from where I'm located. So that cost would be tremendous if I have to go out and find a new customer every time. And the last thing is our our primary customer base is pretty much set with 160, 155 to 160 locations, depending on who you listen to, who counts VA hospitals. There's about 155, 160 of them. So we go to the same place over and over. So it's always good for us to have a new piece in that conversation with the innovation like Tanya talked about. Prior to kits being available, we strictly sold gloves. So now every time we go, we have something else to sell. So we're always adding something to the to our market basket. But it's all start to finish. It comes back to a relationship and rapport building. All right, Tammy. Yeah, why did you get into sales? Um, I used to work at Fort Knox, and I would see sales um, people come in there, and I love what they do. I loved how they traveled. They got to meet new people. And um, I also love the Bosma mission and what we're all about to employ the blind and help people who are blind or visually impaired. Sandra? Um, I can say my my journey in sales um, very early on was uh, the challenge of, of just sharing products outside of gloves at Bosma. I, I mean, I hadn't been in um, a lot of direct sales prior to Bosma. I did, I had some, but I also worked on Fort Knox. So just the challenge of being able to create relationships and sell products outside of what Bosma already offered and see that grow that, that to me that I, I like a challenge. So I was, I was writing and, and here I am and I still love it. Good, Brent. Well, for me, it was it was easy. Um, I, I come from a uh, athletic background, and um, <clears throat> sales was just another way for me to compete. You know, at the at the end of the day, when I look at it, uh, when it comes to sales, either you win or you lose. And there are a lot of different factors, a lot of different details, a lot of different work that goes into and and to determining that outcome. And so for me, it's the challenge of going out and coming up with more wins than I do lose by losses. And in, in, this, in, in this position, it's easy uh, to find that drive and motivation uh, because, you know, we're working for uh, Bosma and we have, a, we have a great mission in place and um, that separates us from our, our competitors. So, but for me, it's, 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 it's an easy answer. It's, it's just, I love to compete. Hey, you got to always be competing and definitely selling yourself uh, as a sales person. Um, that's, that's definitely a, a unique skill that you definitely have to have um, when you're trying to sell products um, to different customers. So how do you um, keep a smile on your face? And I know you can hear a lot of rejections throughout, you know, your um, travel. So how do you keep pushing until you get that next sale? And I'm going to throw this back to you, Chris. Well, keeping a, a smile on your face is just part of it. You know, uh, you're always going to have an objection. If you never got a, an objection, you would probably not sell anything worthwhile because it's easy to sell. Uh, these are challenging items that we do sell. So we're going to have objections, whether it's based on cost or uh, that's typically what we hear the most cost and uh, recyclability and things of that nature. But uh, it's not hard at all to keep a smile on your face. You have to, if you're not a good salesperson, you're going to call that person no and you stop. Well, back to Brent's point, 
you're not competitive enough to be a salesperson because if you stop on the first or second no, you're done. And guess what? Every other Friday doesn't happen for you. I'll leave it there. <laughs> I did not figure on that one. Okay. All right. And time <laughs> Well, I can say that at the end of the hard of a hard day, um, I mean, I'm not in it for it to be easy. Obviously, I enjoy a challenge, and I know that I gave my best um, no matter what the outcome is. And I have learned through my relationships with all of my customers that sometimes no is just not right now. And I can live with that. And I've overcome that many, many, many times, which is why I'm still here. So that's my answer. All right, Tammy. Believe it or not, I find it easy to keep a smile on my face. I'm always smiling. And even if they say no, like Tanya said, that no could be a not right now. You still want to build the the relationship and be friendly with people and Keep moving forward and just keep smiling. Yeah. Judy? Um, I'm going to start with this. There's nothing that a good cup of tea can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows me knows that I love tea. But, um, you know, I've been in sales, I guess, a little over 20 years, different different um, types of sales. Um, I've learned that your job really doesn't start as a salesperson until you get an objection. Um, and that's when it starts because we'd love for everybody to walk in and say, yes, I want your product. I love your product, but it's just not like that. So um, your job starts with the objections because then that's when you have to kind of um, dig down and figure out how do I present the value of my product to the customer and solve a problem. So, um, if you're able to do that and 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 show them how we could be cost effective and be solutions oriented um then i think um you don't so much look at the uh i would say the the nose as you know like a like a stab in the heart <laughs> because you know people will say sometimes i don't know how you do it but you know the job is challenging and your challenge is to figure out you know how does this product fit with my customer, your job is to show them how it fits, how it solves problems, um, and uh, how it fits in their budget, um, and, and, you know, drill all the way down from there. And then end it with a good cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. How about you, Brent? I think it it varies uh, in in different roles that that you are on on how you keep a smile on your face. I think that for me... And in uh, and, and this role, um, I, I just basically look at myself as a consultant. And so I, I want to arm myself with as much information um, that I can on the products that we have and how it may help our customers. And the, my job is to get that message across to the customer. So I feel like once I've done an adequate job of getting that message to the customer, um, my job is done for the most part. I, I've given them information to where, uh, like like them, like like most of us, they want to make informed decisions. So I'm going to give them the information to where uh, they can make those informed decisions, 
And then at that point, um, I've, I've done my job. You know, I've done the, the bulk of my job. So um, with that, yeah, is there going to is there going to be some <clears throat> setbacks uh, within that? Yeah, because you you want to win and you want to sell. But I think that the important thing is, is that you put yourself in a position to get your message across, and then it's up to our customer to feel good and pulling that trigger and buying from us. So, and then I, I always have my music. So when all in all fails, you know, I didn't have a good day, whatever, I prepped and did everything, I, and it's out of my hands, and I, I rely on my music. So. Yes, <laughs> you got to have something to fall back on on that end. <laughs> you got to have your music. <laughs> you got to have something to cheer you up at the end of the day. So, so how it is, you guys, with everything going on right now with the uh, COVID-19, this pandemic, how do you guys foresee the future of sales and interacting with clients and customers? And I can throw this to uh, Tammy first. Well, I'm still hoping that one day in the future we'll be back to more of a normal that we once knew. But um, we're doing a lot of work by phone right now, and eventually we will start traveling again. And um, you just you have to find other ways to work. Um, be more in contact with your customer via phone and email, and um, do what you can to help. Okay. So they're pretty much just utilizing, you know, technology and Zoom, and just really just being. In constant contact with your customers right now to let them know that yes, we're still around and we're still here for them. Absolutely. The same way? Mm-hmm. Anyone have anything to I add think to we have all learned to use technology a lot more to stay in contact and keep informed on our customers and check on them and ensure they're doing well. Yeah, and I, and I think it's going to be interesting to see um, the adjustment of this because I think that the VA and, and we've all established relationships with the VA within our customers uh, expect to see us. And I, and I think that every one of us has, uh, has moved the needle by, by showing up and, and making our, making our presence felt within the VA. So um, is, is this pandemic going to, uh, is it limiting us to what we can possibly get done? In some cases, yeah, because it depends on the VAs. I know I have some VAs that nothing gets done, nothing I, I want done uh, gets done until I show up. You know, so it, I can I can send 25 emails, I can call 25 times, leave 25 voicemails, and that's just the way it is. So, you know, um, it, it, you know, are our are, are our customers willing to adapt? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, well, we can only see. We can only see what the future um, holds. Uh, but I believe it's going to be bright, so we're going to keep positive. But I definitely want to thank you guys for, you know, going out there and making those sales. I know at times it, you know, could be challenging, and you guys are always out there. Um, out here for the mission of Bob Enterprises to create those opportunities for people who are blind and vision impaired, and also to – we're providing a great service to our veterans as well. So definitely uh, appreciate everything you guys have been doing, you know, to keep these sales going. And I know 
we could sell probably a billion more gloves <laughs> than what we're doing right now. But uh, uh, gloves are keeping us in business. But we, we definitely thank you guys for all the work that you guys are doing right now. And uh, if you guys want to learn more about Bosley Enterprises and all the things that we do, um, please visit us at Bosley.org. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and to all our social media channels, and I'll see you guys next week. 